You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Out of the Shadows by 13 Starbuck 42 Chapter 1 The shadows of her anxiety are on display in the quiet, still dark of night when the first tears spill over. Curled into herself, huddled under layers of blankets, she feels small, fragile, insignificant. She falls apart alone, breaks into a thousand pieces over everything and nothing all at once. She can't pinpoint it, can't find the one singular thing to call out and shut down, push back, tuck away. So instead, she curates a list of her own insecurities. Balancing work and life, the pressure of responsibility as captain, mother, friend, survivor. The utter exhaustion that finds her on most days, especially days like this, when she's been burning the candle at both ends. Grief for what she's lost and for all she's had to let go. For the things she still doesn't really understand. The things she can't yet come to terms with because it doesn't add up between her head and heart. The mourning that comes with relearning her history and understanding how it might shape her future. Because despite the love of her chosen family, the desolate ache of loneliness presses heavy on her chest. There's a piece of her heart missing, and she's not sure the puzzle will ever be complete. Which brings her to Elliot. She would be remiss if his name wasn't included in this daunting inventory of which she is taking stock. She dares not even whisper his name, because to let it materialize as it escapes her mouth, however quietly, breathes life into her longing. Oh, she wants this. She knows that much, and she thinks he does too. But she is terrified that they will somehow fail. That he will abandon her, that, despite knowing her worth, she is somehow undeserving of love. That they will discover too late that what they are to each other was never real. The tie that binds them is gossamer, delicate. It can bear no more weight, and if they can't move from that goddamn parallel universe to this very real one, she is certain she will shatter. Disappointed, she's allowed any part of her life to be dependent on another person. On romantic love, it's the proverbial double-edged sword. To crave companionship and the accompanying happiness, stability, domesticity, somehow makes her a lesser woman because she's been self-sufficient in every other aspect of her life. She's relied only on herself. Why should this be any different? She feels inadequate, fears she will never be enough, for Noah, who deserves the unconditional love she never received, for Elliot, who is lost and untethered, looking to her as a beacon. I am not enough. It knocks the wind out of her, takes her breath wholly away until she remembers how to fill her lungs, gasping desperately as she sobs. Through the fog, she recognizes this as her body's way of forcing her to process things she refuses to acknowledge, the things she keeps just below the surface, sometimes deeper, because they're just too much, and she simply doesn't have the capacity, the fortitude, the desire to face any of it. There is no one to pick her up, dust her off, 
set her shoulders square. She'll put on her own brave face, convince herself everything is fine, and it'll work for a while, until the shadows creep back in and she's lost in this darkness again, swallowed whole by the overwhelming exhaustion, grief, fear, buried beneath mountains of anger, bitterness, and despair. Olivia allows herself to suffer, forces herself to endure the hollow, empty feelings. She lies in the quiet, still dark of night and weeps until her tears run dry because she knows that this is temporary, that the ache will dissipate, and there is catharsis in the release. Chapter 2 She rises with the sun, as always, eases out from beneath the blankets, itemizing each part of her body, and tentatively stretching her tender muscles. She feels heavy, lethargic, melancholy, weighted down by the lingering vestiges of anxiety. But she's been here before, has done enough self-reflection to know that if she doesn't move her body, she'll dwell too long in the dark, and it will become too difficult to overcome. Slowly and with purpose, she forces her limbs forward, carefully crawling out of bed. Grateful for the unremarkable normalcy of routine, she washes her face and brushes her teeth, takes an ibuprofen, drinks a glass of water. In the kitchen, she starts the coffee and writes a note to call Lindstrom's office on Monday morning for an appointment, promising herself she'll be honest this time. She checks on Noah, smiling reverently when she finds him still soundly asleep. The familiar scent of French roast lures her back to the kitchen, and as she pads quietly down the hallway, she hears a soft knock at the door. She's not expecting anyone. It's too early. Frowning, she ignores it in favor of searching for her favorite coffee mug. But she has a missed call from Elliot, and her phone rings again in her hand, just as there's a second knock on the door. Concern outweighs curiosity when she sees him through the peephole. She takes a deep breath and opens the door. Elliot? It's quiet, all she can muster while she still feels vulnerable. Brittle. Unsure if she can handle bad news. Any news at all, actually. He's rehearsed these words several times. Wants to take his time, but rushes through them. Can't wait another minute. I'm home, Liv. I'm out. The op is over. Stopped home after the debrief, but I needed to see you. Wanted to tell you in person. She swallows, throat thick with emotion. Heart racing, tears threatening to fall again. She's still clawing her way back from the pit of anxiety, but she's just so fucking relieved, and the enormity of it surprises her. Sorry it's so early. He cuts himself off when he sees her, truly sees her. Puffy eyes, the salt of dried tears scattered in her lashes, dry lips, disheveled hair. She's shaking, has her arms wrapped around her torso and her shoulders are tense, hunched inward. She looks broken, and while he can see no immediate physical injuries, he knows something is wrong. 
Stepping toward her, Elliot grasps her arms to steady her. Live? Tilts his head, furrows his brow. Doesn't expect anything. Knows she guards her heart, protects herself, and hides her self-perceived weaknesses. He understands it will take time to earn her trust, and he wishes he could give her back the hours and minutes he stole when he left. But the past can't be changed, so he offers himself to her now. Determined to give her whatever it is she needs, he pulls her to him. Tears falling freely, she lets herself sink into his embrace. It's unexpected, uncharacteristic really, this voiceless declaration of vulnerability. She fists her hands tightly into his shirt, sobs racking her body, and his arms tighten instinctively around her. Pressing his lips to her hair, he holds her close, rocks them gently side to side for what feels like hours until she's relaxed against him and her fingers have loosened their grip. She sighs deeply and he pulls back to look at her. Hey, he murmurs, cradles her face, tenderly drying her tears with his thumbs. What's going on? His voice is warm, soothing, safe. Olivia draws a raw, shuddering breath, apprehensive because there's still a decade between them, laden with unanswered questions and unspoken words. But there is a particular solace, a certain kind of shelter, to be found in Elliot. At its core, their connection is a deep, formidable thing that has, despite the passage of time, remained profound. The idea that it could be easily shattered is one she quickly eradicates from the swirling litany of self-doubt, and it releases something within her, shines light into the shadows. Looking up at him, she presses her palms to his chest and offers a soft, watery smile. I'm just really glad you're back. Her voice breaks and she doesn't, can't say anything more silently wills him to recognize the significance of their quiet actions and whispered truths. His gaze never wavers. Should have come back sooner, he says earnestly, and while she agrees, she doesn't fault him. Olivia nods, gently resolute, and turns toward the kitchen. I have coffee. She has yet to divulge any details, but she will in time. Needs to, because there will be more dark nights, more days like this. For now, though, she is content to simply start where they are. The ache is slowly receding, making way for the catharsis she always knew would come. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.